What's going on, everybody? This is the host of Phoenix Empire. Today, we have a very special guest, an entrepreneur and the host of Unbreakable Life with Glory. Gloria, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you. I'm very happy to be in your show. I was very flattered uh, when you contacted me that you want me to be in your show because you said to me that you want me to inspire a lot of, you know, a lot of young people like you. Yeah, for sure. And um, I don't know where I found you. I want to say it was in one of the London Real groups. And I know that our missions tie in together so well because I struggle with depression, anxiety myself. And then that's all you talked about. And I was like, man, she's really inspiring. And she's out there getting after it every single day. And that's kind of, that's kind of how you beat the depression is you have to get out there every single day. And um, for you, how did that start? How uh, did you know when you were depressed, so to speak? Okay, it starts at a very early age. And when you are young, like I start, I start feeling like I'm when I was six years old. And then I start feeling like a, a, like a 10, 12. But when you have that age, you don't know exactly what's going on in your life. And I remember being very, very sad when I was six years old because we was living in Canada and my father and my mother decided to go back to my country where I'm original are. I'm from Colombia. And it was a lot of change for me. So I remember very clear to go into a, a new school, new people. And I was like off, like I was off, like a very, you know, upset about the whole change. And my mom never paid attention to that. And later on, when I was like a 12, 13, well, my father being very violent all his life when I was growing up, very violent. He don't respect women and for him, women was whatever. And I grew up watching that and I grew up listening to a lot of bad words and, and a lot of, she, he punched my mom many, many times in front of us. And, um, I remember that and I telling my mom when I was 15, why are you going to stay here? Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. And my mom, you know, in that time, it's different times also, another generation. And my mom say, I have, I have three kids, what I'm going to do. And I said, well, you have to do what every woman do. But I knew in the early age that I was more like strong and, but I, I was very emotional, very, I cry a lot. Uh, one day I tried to, to escape when I was 16 years old and they find out that I was trying to escape and they put me in a room for a month, like a, a prisoner. And I remember that I was very miserable. They bring me the food, like, uh, here is your food and they close the door again. So I was crying a lot, very, you know, depressing, but inside of me was telling me, no, you need to move on. You need to move on. You need to move on. And then I, I married a very young age trying to escape from my house because I didn't like the, the way my father was with me. I remembered one night when I was 18, that, that's exactly why I decided to get married. Um, I came, he was very, I ha, we, we are three brothers and I'm the, the older one and the only women. So they, my other two brothers, they can do whatever they want, but I cannot do anything because you have to be in the kitchen. Mm. So you can, you have to shut your mouth. You are nothing. You are whatever. 
So that thing, it, it grows inside of me. And I was saying to myself, no way that I'm going to have a man like that in my life. No way I'm going to have somebody to treat like he treat my mother. So the night that I decide to just get married because I need to have to get married, because sometimes you make a stupid mistakes. But I remember that day, I knew I was doing a, a very big mistake, but it was my outlet for me to go to get out of, of the situation. It did not, what was one night that he tried to kill me because he said to me, you have to be here at, at like um, at 12 o'clock, like a Cinderella story. And that night I remember telling my friend, I don't want to be here until 12. I want to go home. So when it was like 11.50 when I get home and he was probably drinking and I don't know what he was doing. And when he saw me, he saw me and he was like a with the eyes, like a very mad, upset, like a, you no, know, very terrible. And he said, what are you doing here? And I said, what do you mean I'm doing here? You, I, I supposed to be at 12. I came like a 10 minutes early. And he started like insulting me, telling me I'm, I'm a slut and everything. So I went to my mom's bedroom and said, why my father's telling me all this? And my father heard that I was complaining to my mom. So my mom saw that my father was coming over, my, over me to try to push me through a window. So if, mm -hmm. my, mom, if, if my mom don't push me, I probably, you know, I would die because it was, he was having the intention to push me through that window. So I saw a lot of blood that night. A lot of, a lot, my father beat my mom like crazy. And I didn't know that we have superpowers when we are in super in, in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And I took, and I took my mother from her feet and I put it here. I'm a five, one, five, one women and one hundred eight pounds. So I'm very petite. So I didn't know how I don't, I didn't know how I took out my mom from my father and I took it to the hospital. So I got married. And I remember that being like a very all the time rebellious of not in rebellious are drinking and having drugs because I never drink. I never, I never use drugs. And, and I always have in my mind, I have to get out of here. I need to get out of here. And I didn't know how I didn't know how, and I was, he was very controlling man in that moment. So I got married. I had my daughter. I moved to, 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 to other city. I break up with my husband in that time. We got divorced. And then my father say, okay, you already divorced. I want you to come back to this where we, where we are. And I said, no. And he said, why? Because I know the way you, you treat women and they, I know the way you treat, you know, me. And I said, he said, well, ask me whatever you want and I will give you that. So I said, okay, I'm going back to study to college. And then uh, I want to leave, separate from you. But in that time, I didn't work because in my country, in Colombia, I didn't also not even thought that I was going to work in my life because I, I was treated like a princess, but a very, very controlling. And I didn't mm -hmm. like that. So I was kind of rebellious in that way. And um, I went to study to, the, uh, to college. Uh, I was studying business administration. And then I was in my second year. And I remember on October 22nd, 1997, matter of fact, tomorrow is going to be 22 years that happens. That's my wife's birthday. <laughs> uh, that day, they kidnapped me 
And um, they put me in the trunk of a car. They put me a gun in my head. They pulled me out from the car. They put me in a trunk of a car. Um, I didn't remember it was 10, 20, 30 minutes because you know when you are in panic mode, you, you don't function. You don't function. You don't know what's going on with your life. So they kidnapped me. I wasn't held in captivity for three months. Wow. I didn't see the day and night for three months. I didn't have toilet paper for like a week. Uh, you, sometimes you, 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 you say, oh, toilet paper, why? That's toilet paper, whatever. You can find toilet paper anywhere. But when you are in a situation that you don't have toilet paper and you need to do your necessities, it's, very, it's like a, you need it. And yeah. you, you feel disgusted. You feel uh, denigrated. You feel like an animal. You feel like terrible. And I remember the first day they kidnapped me. I cried nonstop. I followed, I followed to sleep because, you know, you're exhausted of all the event. Then, um, and then it was in the dark. And, it, and it, the only thing, I, the only light I have that's why I always, when I see a door, I always look in the bottom of the door. There's always a little light. And that was my biggest light in that room. So I, in my survival mode, I found out that to be next to the door, it was my only light. Wow. And, and, and I start amplifying my sense. I put my ear closer to the door. I put my nose closer, closer to the door. I close my eyes so I can hear better. So I start develop, developing uh, survival modes and amplifying my sense. And also I start like having a lot of major depressions that I didn't know. And one of the major depressions that I have in there was maybe I have maybe a month because when you are in cautivity, in cautivity you get to a point because you don't see the day and the night, you lose the time. You don't know what day it is. You know, you don't know what, what, what is, you don't know. You don't know what is going to happen. You don't know where you are. You don't know. You lose the time. So I remember that day that uh, the guy came in. He wants to talk to me. They always was covered. The head was covered. I only see the eyes. So I learned to read a body language. And I know how to read like eyes because that's the only thing I can see. So the guy said to me, get up, get up, get up. I said, I can't get up of the bed. And he said, why? I said, I don't know. I, I, I cannot, I don't have energy. And the guy said, how come you don't have energy? I've been feeding you. I said, I don't have energy. So the guy pulled me up and I, 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 you know, I went down. And he said, oh my God, you're getting sick. And I said, well, of course, I probably getting sick because I've been here for I don't know how long. I, I'm getting weak. So the guy said, oh, I need to start coming more often to talk to you for you to come back because we need you alive for us to, you know, to get the, the, the money back, the money that they, they was asking for me. So I start, I start feeling another depression in there. But because the depression was because I was in something that caused you depression and anxiety. It was nothing like, oh, I don't want to wake up today because I feel sad. Oh, I feel terrible. Oh, I hate myself. 
or I don't like this, or, or when I see myself in the mirror, I don't like that. I didn't have a mirror even that. And I know that not having a mirror, it helped me a lot. Because I imagine today, after 22, day, 22 years, I imagine myself, imagine three months seeing yourself in the mirror in the way I was. I, I probably would kill myself because yeah. I, I was deteriorated big time. So when you are, when you have the mirror in front of you and you look yourself every day, you deteriorate more because you see what you see. I didn't see mm -hmm. what, I, what I have or what I want. So I get off in January 28, 1998. And I didn't, and, and I got um, Estocolm syndrome. I don't know if you know that. No, I've never heard of that. Okay, Estocolm syndrome is when, it can happen it can happen different ways the rap the person who held you can get in love with you or the person or me i can get in love with them oh you you're saying stockholm syndrome right yes, I, yes, I, yes, I, yes, I, I cannot pronounce because my accent is very is no, very, no no it's fine so it's so that happens to them not happens to me that happens to me after i leave after they release me and why because when they release me, the only thing I, I wanted is to leave. And the only thing I, I was telling the guy, the, 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 the guy, like the military that comes every day to talk to me, to see who, who really did this to me, I was telling him, why you, was, why you coming every day when you're not gonna get anything from me? I, I, I'm, I'm glad and happy to be alive. I'm just here. I just want to move on in life. And being inside the kidnap, in the, in, when I was kidnapped, the only thing that was holding me to be alive, it was my daughter. Because I leave my daughter behind and she was three years old. So every single day that I was kidnapped, I was asking to God, why me? Why me? Why me? Why me? And of course, I was not having the answer. But the only thing was holding me, I was asking God, Get me out of this place alive because I want to go back and finish to raise my daughter because I don't want my daughter raised in my father's hands because I knew what I went through with my father. So yeah. it, it was a constantly like, a, you know, trying to be up and also start being there that I feel so sad. I start counting my fingers because when you, if you don't function your brain, when you don't use your brain, your brain get like uh, it can get stuck, and then it start like uh, making. It, you you can get stuck, and you cannot like uh, think about anything, and you can get like uh, don't don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. I don't want to be here. But I was like uh, counting my fingers, like uh, one, two, three, four, five, ten, and I was counting also the the tiles of the place I was. I was counting every time. I was counting everything. I was counting my hair because I need to have my mind busy because I cannot read. I don't see TV. I can't, I don't have uh, nothing to entertain myself. So I have to entertain with my own self and try to speak to myself all the time. You're gonna be okay. You're, not get, you're gonna get out and never lose my hope. And that was keep me like that. So after I, I, they released me and I, I had this syndrome 
that even the people, the military guy, he didn't know I have that. But I knew that because I've been studying about depression and anxiety all my life because I want to know why I'm getting all this kind of events in my life after my kidnapped. So I get out. It was one year after I get out and I said, I cannot stay anymore in this country because my father was again, like uh, controlling me. Where are you going? Uh, you have to go with four or five men. Oh, you have to do this. And I said, no, I cannot, I cannot do this. So I told my father one day, I said, I'm leaving to you the U.S. tomorrow. And he laughed in my face and he said, ha, ha, ha. Uh, you're going to leave? Who you, what are you going to do? You're going to do shit. You don't know how to do shit. You want, you want to go to the U.S. and then come back later and go in, in your knees and tell me, oh, please, Father, help me, help me, help me. And, and that words, because he said that in front of a lot of men. And like a, it was like a 10 men in that, in that place. And I said to him, you know what? I look at him into his eyes. I said, you know what? You're completely wrong. I'm not coming back like the way you say it. I'm going to show you who I am. And I remember when I have to go, when I came back, I came here in December 9, 1999. And, and I fly here and the only money I have was $500 in my pocket. And, and I went to live in efficiency. Be, you know, after I was living like a princess, nothing not, not, like everything, I have food, everything I have, even a nana to take care of my daughter coming to this, to this country with $500 in my package, I, I, I look back today and I say, I, did, I, know, I don't know how I made it. I, I don't know how I make it. So the, the, the guy, the, the taxi driver that picked me up in the, in, the, um, in the airport in New York, I said to him, uh, I need to, uh, my place is going to be in the Liberty in Queens. And he said, oh, Oh, I, I, this is my area that I work. I said, oh, really? For, for real? I said, can you, can, you, can you help me in some way? And he said, what? I said, listen, I just arrived. I don't have papers. I don't have a language. I don't speak very well my English. Um, I know you probably know a lot of people. I need, a, I need a job. If you know something about it, anything that does not have to be related with like uh, selling my body or going in a prostitution and stuff, I can do anything like working for real. And then yeah. he said, okay, let, let me see. So he, the next, the very next day, he knocked the, the window and he said, are you ready? Are, Gloria, are you ready? Are you ready? I said, what happened? He said, I think I got you a job. So I went, to, I get ready like in five minutes. I was so happy. And I went there and it was Italian guy. And he said to me, oh, what do you know? What do you, how, what do you know? What to do? How do you know, what kind of things you, you know how to do? I said, well, the only thing I can tell you, I just came back yesterday. And I, I came here to this country yesterday. I don't have no papers, no nothing, but I need to work to survive. So the guy said, and I said, if you teach me and you have patience, I will show you that I can, I can, I can, be, good, I, I can be a good worker. And the guy opened his eyes and said, oh, I love, I love this attitude but I only I can give you part-time. I said, okay, it doesn't matter. Because you know, in this, in this country, you cannot live with a part-time. You need a full-time to survive. Yeah. So I remember that day going to all the stores, Liberty, like a 40 stores, knocking every time. Do you need help? No. 
And I never been scared by no. So I knock every single door. No, uh, you need help. No, you need help. No. The last door that you think you can lose your hope and say, no, I'm not going to go to that one because it's going to say me no. That was the one who gave me the other half of the time for me to be able to have my full time. And he needed in the time I needed. So I have in the morning the other guy and I have that guy in the afternoon. So I got tired in New York because it's too cold for me. Very cold. Yeah. I, I save yeah. a lot. I save a lot of money like in three months. I save like a three, $3,000, $3,000. And in that time, my husband, I, I came with my husband. My husband was working in um, a, a washing cars in a cold. And I said to him, listen, we need to move from here to any place in Florida. I don't know what you're going to do, but if you don't look for someone, I'm going to go. And I don't know how I'm, I'm going to do it, but I'm leaving. So he, we find somebody to help us to just get us the first day there. And we get there. The place that I rented over the phone was not the best place. But I said, you know what? I don't care. I just here to keep going, keep going. And then um, I went one day to Walmart. And I and I always like uh, look with pe- look what people do always. And this guy, um, it was in the register. And I said, "You look like a Colombian." And he said, "Why? How you know that?" And then I said, "Well, I don't know." So he said, "Do you have any job for me?" And then he said, "What do you do?" I said, "I work in a gas station in um in um." in a, how you call it, in a carpet store right here in, in, in front of my house. Because as soon as I get to Orlando, I also then very next day, I got a job because I went, yeah. I went to like a hustle. I need a job. And I always, yeah. when I need things, I always say, I'm going to go and I'm going to get a job. And always when I say that, I always get what I want. So this guy said, oh, you know what? Um, yeah, they're hiring, but you need to have papers. And I was applying for my asylum politic because my, my, my kidnap situation. I said, I don't care. I will go and see if they can, they can wait for me until I get my papers. The very next day, I went there. I sit down with the guy. The guy liked my attitude. And I said, I have one problem. I don't have my, my social security number so I can work. Can you please, yeah, you be able to hold my, my space so I can get my, my papers? I know anytime soon it's going to come. So that day I went home. I opened the mailbox, and it, there was my social security number in there. Mm. I went back. I told the guy. He hired me. I started with 50, 60 people working in process, processing lines of, pro, of food. And I always very curious about what else more, like what else more, not like everybody like doing the same thing, like, oh, this is a boring job. Because I know, yeah, and I I always said, always everything is temporary. And, And I went in there and the first day I saw that the guy, the manager was having a lot of problems communicating. And I have a little bit English on, on me. And I went to the manager and said, I know you're having problems with communication. And he looked at me and said, you know English? I said, yeah. Do you know numbers? I said, yeah. Oh, my God, you're going to be my assistant manager. 
So I went from, I went from $525 to $725 in, in two days. That's three, awesome. In three, in, in three weeks, okay, I was assistant manager. And in three weeks, I started looking the guy that he do quality control. And I told the guy, what do you do for quality control? What you need to do, have to have quality control to be an inspector. So the guy said to me, you have to go to the USDA department to apply and to train you for that. I said, okay, I'm going next day. I have my day off next day. Next day I went to winter heaven in Orlando. I always say that I always have angels around me because that day when I went to winter heaven, I have a white t-shirt like this one in a, in a jeans because I always dress very simple. And the lady was there. Oh, lady you want to apply for to be usda inspector i say yes oh my god you're so lucky because the region manager is here and he's taking all the uh, interviews you want to go in i said well i have a t-shirt and a shirt and she said don't worry my dear you're gonna go get that job i went inside there was two guys they interviewed me up and down they told me what I do. I said, well, I work in this blueberry company in Orlando. I do quality control, but I want to be more, know, more knowledge about this because it's my passion. And he interviewed me like a for an hour and a half. And he loved my attitude. And he said, I'm going to hire you. And I said, really? That fast? He said, yes. But I'm going to put you in the top of the applications because we're not going to start until October. But keep your job that you have now. And then I call you because you, you, you know, you, you say no more. So I went back and I told the guy, the, the inspector, I said, you know what? They hired me. And he said, what? I said, yeah. He said, Oh, let me talk to my boss. So he went to his boss. You know what? They, they hired Gloria for the USDA. The, the guy, his boss came to me and he said, do you want to work for me? I said, but you said to me, I cannot work for you because I need a lot of study. He said, no, don't worry. I will train you. How much are you making right now? I said, I'm making $12 an hour because from, from $7.25, I, I jumped to $12.25 $12. because I was a quality control inspector with not too much experience. So the company needs somebody I help for that. So I said, I offer myself to learn. So I, I was learning with the inspector and be like uh, the bitch of the inspector, you know, like, yeah. uh, bring me this, bring me that, bring me the color of this fruit. So I was learning the whole process. So the guy, his boss called me aside and said, you know what? I have an offer in Miami. You want to come with me? I said, and how much is the offer? And he said, $14.50. And I moved you completely to, our, to Miami with everything paid. I said, let's do it. So I went to Orlando. I, went, I came to Miami. I started working hard, hard, hard. I, with my eyes, I see so many fruit, like a, maybe a simple person would not see. And I started getting very good at it. I get famous because my eyes... And thank God for the kidnap, because when I was kidnapped, I was amplifying my sense. So I was kind of preparing myself for the future, but I didn't know why, why I was kidnapped. So you understand now what, what, what is the correlation yeah. of stuff. So that's yeah. why I always tell to people, look for the root 
Why are you so depressed? Write it down and go back to your past and connect the past, not to revive the, the, what you happened and see what's happened today. Why you learned that lesson? Why that lesson was learned in that time and why you need it now? So that can- I had to go through that. Huh? Unfortunately, like you had to go through that and then it takes a strong person to be able to look back even how bad it might seem and then to look forward and be like, I'm so thankful that that happened to me because if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Yeah, but it took me a long time to understand that. It, it doesn't mean that, oh, I, I came up from the kinab and I'm completely normal. No, I, I had my moments that I cry. I have my moments of frustration, but keep busy and doing something that I knew was temporary. And I always have the vision to be entrepreneur. And I always have the vision that I cannot have a boss because my, my temper, I have a strong temper. So I need to, I need to be on my own independent. So I always have that vision. And I said, okay, I'm learning all this business from the bottom to up. And, and the next step was quality control. So I got tired of doing quality control because you have to be in 36 and 42 degrees every day. And I start from 6 a.m. and I finish sometimes 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And I was working 60 hours a week. So my mind didn't have the time to chill and, 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 and be sad and be, and be depressed. So that keep me going, 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 going. So when, when I got tired of doing that and I called one of the sales guy. It's a huge company, a huge company for berries in, in the U.S., the biggest company in the U.S. I called the sales guy and said, listen, I'm getting tired of doing the same thing. Why we don't change a little bit the, the inspections? I know I'm doing my inspections and doing the reports, but you guys are not reading. And I think if you guys want to make more money, you guys, maybe if I tell you what kind of, um, like an ABC, like an A, good quality, B, so, so, good quality you know, excellent quality, good quality, and bad quality. And if you send me your customers, I can tell you, uh, you can tell me what customers are picky and what they are not. So uh, by, my judge, by my judgment, I can send the right fruit for that people so you can get less rejections. Oh my God, that was a boom. Like he, I think he flipped out of the chair and he said, you know, you are right. Let's do it. And I make, I make them to make so much money. But I say, you know what? I have a lot of brain for this. I'm not going to stay here anymore. So I went to, um, in the same field, apply for a Peruvian company that bring a lot of asparagus from Peru. And I went to work in the um, accounting department. And I didn't know nothing about accounting. I said, oh, my God, this is a new, a new, new, new task. How I'm going to do it? I don't know how to do it. But, okay, I told the guy I know how to do it. But in my inside was, no, I don't know how to do it. But I always, my line is, okay, I know how to do that. But if you teach me, because you know every company is different. You guys have different guidelines. I have to learn that. So it was a kind of a way for me to tell the guy, Yes, I know, but you need to teach me. <laughs> not the guy going to put me there and I was going to be crazy not, not knowing what to do. So I was there for a year and a half. I got tired of the guy because I wa it was a dead-end job. I was not growing up anywhere and I, my vision was to grow. So I, I resigned there and then I, I went to a Brazilian company. 
that bring gingers and arrows from Brazil. And I also, I, this, I studied the process and I studied the market that when I, when you have the ginger, sometimes the ginger gets a very high price and sometimes it's very low. So I studied what was the time was high and why was the reason was what high. So I told the guy, I don't want you to ship me the ginger until I told you. And the guy didn't understand. And she said, why are you saying that? Because I know. So the guy shipped the ginger when I told him. And I remember like those two years, we make a lot of money. I make a lot of money for that company. And again, I said, well, no, I can make this money for me. So I opened my own company. The name was The Green Connection. And it was only quality control inspections. And I, I, have, the, I have a company that bring from Costa Rica a lot of pineapples that um, they give pineapples to Sam's Club, Sam Club Costco, Watmar, and BJ's. So those stores are very particular with some colorings and some, you know, stuff and I got very good at it and everybody said oh you if you if you have a problem with rejection call Gloria like she knows how to fix the the problem and I started getting business and business I make in one night seven thousand dollars just in and and I and I remembered I go back and I said oh my god how I did this how I I found how I found 20 people in the middle of the night come bring them to regrade all uh, uh, three containers of onions. And the very next day at six o'clock in the morning, I was paying everybody cash and I was receiving a check for $7,000. I, I, I didn't know how I did that, <laughs> but I did it. It was my vision, my, my wanted to do it. And then um, I met my husband in the, in the industry. He also was working for another big company. And I said to him, let's stop making money for other people. Let's start making money for us. And he said, let's do it. And I, let me tell you, we opened a company. It was small, a small office. Three weeks later, it was big office. Like a three, three weeks later, we have to move in the same location, but to a bigger um, um, office and a bigger cooler because I was receiving so much product that it was not in, in fitting in my cooler because the, my company was like a, a growing so fast, but I was working Sunday for Sunday because it was my project. It was my company. Yeah. So we worked like hard, the, like the first, like the three first years, like crazy. After three months, we have to move to another location because we was blooming and, and it was like a working, working, working. It was in my head. We need to work. We need to work. We need to work. And that keep me moving on. Then um, right now the company is 12 years old. It's doing fantastic. It's a successful company. And I decided uh, five years ago to semi-retire from the, from the business because I want to find my path. And my path was going to study massage therapy. Then I do Reiki, Reiki, Reiki master. Then I went for to study to be a yoga trainer. Then I did that because I needed for my depression and anxiety because I knew that something was missing. Because when I was working, I was having a very bad temper, a very bad temper, like uh, 
and I know was part of my trauma. It was because survival mode. Like if somebody comes and talks to me like a little bit awkward, I will, boom, I will explode on that person. Or, you know, it was kind of issues, some issues there and there. And I start having a lot of problems with my husband because of that too. And I said, you know what? I think I'm having some depression. I'm having some anxiety. And I, I was thinking, overthinking and thinking and killing myself, thinking and thinking. I said, no, this is not normal. So I went into a path more holistic and I changed my way I eat. I started meditating. I started doing yoga and I start seeing different, uh, another Gloria. Because people that they know me in the industry and they know and they see me now, they said, oh my God, you're so different. Of course, how was not different? Because I didn't have the chance to sit down and, and cry the, my kidnapped. I didn't have the chance to sit down and, 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 you know, and do all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of my story. And now that I want to be, you know, I'm in December, I'm graduating to be a professional podcaster and I'm dedicating my life to share my story. I know this is a very short story that I'm telling you because it happens a lot of stuff between. And uh, my podcast is about that. And tomorrow I'm releasing my, my day. Yet what happens 22 years ago? Yes, tomorrow. So exactly what happened. A, the time, what I was doing. Because sometimes you say to somebody, I see you tomorrow. And you don't know if you see it tomorrow. So when you are mad with somebody, eh, you should never go to sleep mad at that person. You have to be more uh, humble and say, you know what, I'm sorry. Uh, forgive me for what I did. And this is very hard to do. Yeah. And, if, 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 and if you want to... Uh, move on in your life with depression and anxiety. You have to open your heart. You have to share your story. You have to talk about your depression and anxiety because maybe when you open, you're releasing. And at the same time, maybe somebody is listening to your story and you're saving someone, someone lives and see you that you keep going because it's nothing bad to have depression and anxiety. It's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. But you have to recognize when you have it. And when you have it, go through it, write it down. If you need to cry, cry it, cry it. And, and if you have to stay one day in bed, stay one day in bed, but don't stay two, three, four, five, six days. Yeah. And if you have to cry one, two, three days, maybe about three, four, five, six, seven days. Now we're talking about something different right there. And I know it's hard to push yourself. Trust me, I work so hard in myself. I meditate so much because when you meditate, you are with yourself and you're like a releasing. And then sometimes if I ask you right now, for example, breathe, you, you probably say, oh my God, I didn't know I was breathing. And sometimes we don't breathe. And I find out that I, also that I have depression is because before sometimes people come to next to me and I start breathing without, without, without me knowing that. And uh, in my massage, my massage um, teacher told me, I know, I, I know one of your problems. I said, why? I said, every time I come to you to give you a massage or to, to talk to you, you stop breathing. And then I said, oh my God, that's true. And that's panic mode. Imagine yeah. like not being able to breathe. 
Yeah. I know I, for me, when I feel like that, I feel like that all the time, like suffocated almost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when I was in, like, for example, going back to the kidnap when they put me in the trunk, I didn't know what was happening. I was in panic mode. And when you're in panic mode, you don't know. Three years ago, I did have a panic attack, but it was not provoked for me. It was provoked for my neighbor that she texts me and say, if, if you see a gun, if you see a man with a gun outside of my house, it's because my husband is coming to kill me. Oh my God. It was like, uh, I can't breathe because she have a three-year-old girl. So I remember that I also have a three-year-old. I open my door of my, on my front door and I see two cars with, with guys inside. And then I see the police and I was like overwhelming, like overwhelming. I have to call my husband and say, I think I'm getting a heart, a, a panic attack. Call 911. And when 911 show up, my hands was cramped. I cannot move my, my legs. I cannot move my, my, my arms and I can't even breathe and I can't even talk. And wow. I didn't know, and I didn't know that I can get those things. So if you know yourself very well, and the only thing you do is you have to do your own work. I've been through a lot of therapy. And if you go to therapy, you need to listen to, the, to your therapist. But the, major, the majority work that you have to do is yourself. Yep. Yep. And I, and I, and I go to therapy and I, and I literally work on myself all the time. And I just search connection. And that's, that's me working on myself. You know, I feel better hearing stories and sharing my story with other people because it is what you said. You really do release it and you really do feel the connection between another human who is going through something like on the other side of the world. And like I said, our paths lie together so well. And that's why that, I'm, I'm so glad you came on my show and shared that with us. I, 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 I am, and I'm focusing the young uh, generation and why, because I started suffering at a very young age. I don't know how old are you. I'm, I, when I started, was like a six years old and I started feeling all this kind of stuff because my father, and, and let me tell you, my father was a big master. He's my biggest master in my entire life. And I talked to him and I forgive him because if you don't forgive the people mm-hmm. that hurt you. If you don't bless the people that hurt you, you're never gonna move out. It's already yeah. passed. Unfortunately, or fortunately, happens, and you cannot go back. But you can share your story to save other lives that are in misery. And sometimes we criticize other people. Oh, you're so sad because you're so stupid for stupid things. Oh, oh, oh! You have to be be careful. Because you cannot compare your experiences with their experience. And probably that's the only big thing that the person went through. And you have to respect that. You have mm-hmm. just to borrow your ear and listen to that person and be gentle and be, you know, listen to that person. Because we like to talk. Talk, 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 talk. But we don't listen. Yep. And those are the two greatest tools that anybody could have gave us is our ears. I mean, that's why, that's why I have my podcast. I love to listen. I love to listen and just go back and just hear it. And it's just like, they got a point. They really do have a point. And in some way, I'm, I'm always seeking something higher, you know, whether it's through you, 
whether it's through God, whether it's through my wife, whether it's through something else. And that's where I get out of my slumps is always seeking the knowledge, always finding something, always finding my interest in things. And that's why I love podcasting. And I, I love podcasting too. I really do. It's special. It really is special. People don't believe it. And I'm, I reach out to people like veterans, people like you, and I'm going to keep going and going and going and going and going with it until I can't go anymore because this is history. What I'm leaving behind is, is, is a brief piece of history that for, for whoever stumbles upon it, you know, and you're leaving history behind. And yeah. now we're making our own history. And that's what, that's what, um, that's what really gets me out of my depression and dealing with my anxiety. It's like, this is my legacy. This is my Mona Lisa. And when I start seeing it like that, there's beauty in that. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. And it was almost, it was a revelation in my life when I stumbled upon London Real and everything like that. And meeting more people like you, it's it's always great. And what part of Florida do you live? My dad lives in Florida. I live I live in in Fort Lauderdale. Okay, Fort Lauderdale. My dad lives in Tampa. I live in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm the last house of the West. So my backyard is the Everglades. <laughs> oh, really? That's my awesome. my my neighbors are the alligators. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I'm just like I said, like uh. I said, every time you have a depression or every time you go through stuff, you have to go in the opposite direction. Like, uh, for example, my, husband, my, my, my father was very cruel and very t- terrible with me. And when girls have the, the daddy issues, they go through the same path of the path, what they saw. And I went into the different and different way. And that is exactly the key. You don't need, you see stuff, they show you stuff, for you not to go in that direction, you have to go opposite direction to be yeah, better. Yeah, you break the cycle. Yeah, to be better, to be better, to be above, above, and to be above, you have to forgive, and to be above, you have to say I'm sorry. Like my te- my yoga teacher said, you have to say I love you, I forgive you, forgive me, and I'm sorry. Yep. And gratitude as well, appreciation, appreciating those moments that you had in life, regardless of how bad they were, and just appreciate them. Because I, yeah, I love them. <laughs> yeah, really. Now thinking back in hindsight, you started think like whenever you're going through a bad situation. I know for me, I was like, man, and I would think back and I'd be like, why did that have to happen to me? And then now I think about it and it's like, I'm glad it happened to me because it makes me who I am today. And it really does. Those scars, those battle wounds that I like to call them, they just shape and form who you are. Really, those emotional scars. So, and every and and it's it's unfortunate, but we only learn through pain and suffering. That's, and, this, that's, and this been happening for centuries, centuries, and centuries and centuries. And if you go, you know, if you go in the books of people who write down, even the Bible also, there's own experience, very similar experience that we go through, yeah. but we forget about them. So it's time for us to write to now we are more technology. Now we're going to leave videos. Now we're going to leave a podcast. We're going to leave a lot of things that the future people are going to need for them yeah. to go back and say, oh, I remember, I, I hear that a lady in a hundred years ago, <laughs> it went through this and I'm going through this. It's like, it's kind of similar. 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to cut it short, Gloria, because I got some stuff to do, but you know, it keeps going and eventually we'll, we'll make a, we'll make another one. And then once I get out the army, I'm, I'm moving to California and I want to open up my own studio for my podcast cool. and to bring, to bring people in and different things like that. So, but that's my plan. Cause I, like you said, it's, I want to work for myself and I was fortunate enough being married to my wife. Uh, our mother-in-law gave us her business and uh, she has a taqueria. So I'm just set. I was just like, you know, God put my wife in my life. He put that in my life. And I'm just, I'm just fortunate enough to where when I get out, I don't have to worry about a job anymore. So, and then now I can carry on with my podcast. So that's very then, cool. And then I'm going to go to LA. I'm going to see what I can experience over there in LA with different people because I've, I got some good connections already, like not strong, but I've been talking to comedians, NFL players, some different things like that. So it's going to keep building and building and building, you know, and it takes time. I got to remember that this right here is a marathon. Right. You know, it's, it's not a sprint. I can't get tripped up over it. And I mean, I haven't made a podcast in maybe like two months and you're the first one. I'm just waiting for like, I just wait for the right ones. I don't want just everybody. I just want the right ones. Yeah, me too. And that, and you have a great story. And if I could come on your podcast and talk to my story, it's even better. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm open because, you know, that's the purpose. This yeah. is the purpose. And uh, like I said, like I said to Brian Rose, and, you know, I said one day uh, in my videos, I'm not going to go in a rush and just to go and say, oh, please, please be in my show. Can you be in my show just to fill it up my show? No, it has to be a special people. That is going to give something for people to learn to, and say, wow. I, I have a lot of people writing me now, like a, a lady the other day. She's 50 years old. She went through a lot of stuff. And I said, how old are you? And she said, 50. I said, how long do you think you're going to live more? You're not going to live 100, 100, 100 years more or 50 years more. You don't know. So start living now and, and leave the past away and, and start living because you, you we're getting old. We're not getting yeah. younger. Yeah. From the, from, the moment, from the moment we're born, we're dying. Yeah. That's the crazy part. From the moment we're born, we're dying. Yeah. But, but yeah, everybody, you can follow Gloria on Instagram at GloriaGold13. Her podcast is, what is it again? I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you tell everybody. Unbreakable Life with Glory. Yep, and find her on Facebook as well, Gloria Goldberg. And I appreciate you coming and taking part of this. I thank you, really. That story is remarkable. It really is. I can't wait to put it on the um, my uh, my anchor and spread it out. I really can't wait. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this invitation and send you blessings. And I hope you overcome your depression and anxiety that you will. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye, Gloria. Okay. Bye-bye.